Hello everybody and welcome to Life in a Bubble with me, Oliver Dingley. Today's guest is an award-winning television producer who has been extremely influential within Irish TV over a fantastic career spanning two decades. Today's guest is fantastic, Debbie O'Donnell. Debbie, welcome to the podcast today. It's a pleasure. Welcome. Hi, Oliver. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks a million. It's great to have you here. I'm looking forward to chatting about what what is a very, very interesting career by the looks of it. Yeah, I mean, I've had a pretty uh, checkered career, all right. You know, I spent a long time in one organisation, you know, so now I'm out on my own and, you know, I'm just trying to find a new landscape, really. But... Whatever I've done through my career, it's always been about storytelling. You know. Well, this is the idea of this podcast: is that we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be sharing stories. This is gonna be your story, so we really can't wait to listen to it. And and in many respects, some of it started here at Angel Street, where we record. Yeah, it was very interesting because I did my uh, my undergrad in UCC, so I did uh, my degree in single honor sociology and psychology because I really, I didn't know what I wanted, so I went in, did a three year course, ended up doing four years, doing another year. Um, and then came out with single honour sociology, which was a good basic degree. But really, I wasn't like I wasn't qualified in anything, <laughs> you know, at that point. So I thought I wanted at that point to do public relations and marketing. So I did public relations here in Angier Street, which actually. So when I walked in the doors, I laughed. I said, oh, my God, it brings me back. Um, so I did a year doing that, which was actually very good. And, you know, I found it very grounding. It was my first time living in Dublin. So that was, was all part of growing up. But in hindsight, I should have done the TV uh, and radio course like yourself because it definitely was more suited to me, you know. Yeah, yeah this is a fantastic course we do. It's so varied and broad. You have people wanting to be uh, on the camera, people doing set designs, people want to do writing, someone going to producing, some directing. So it's a fantastic course and we're very, very lucky we, we have it. And the facilities are great. Like your podcast sit- situation here is amazing compared yeah. to some podcast situations I've seen. <laughs> we're know? very, very lucky yeah. and, and uh, long may that continue as well <laughs> yeah, so we'll yeah. wing it as long as possible uh, but your story so you started off in Cork then so where yeah. you're from so I'm from Cork uh, went to UCC um, like I came from pretty like strong my father was very strong about education we were always going to university no matter what like there was no options you know I think I wanted to be an actress at one point and it was like no <laughs> so we were always like you know go to college very strong work ethic uh, I had a great time in UCC like we had you know four years of like growing up um, and sociology I've always been interested in it's also storytelling you know um, I was always interested in kind of societies and how they worked and you know working on TV is the same really um, and then from there I came up to Dublin as I said I did my postgrad here in DIT and public relations which was very good um, and from there I I worked in PR for a year. Um, I literally worked for nothing. You yeah. know yourself as a as a kind of I was interning quite a lot. Uh, but I'll never forget the people I worked with. Like you know, the first company you work with after your postgrad or undergrad kind of moulds you. So I find I'll never ever forget the people along the way. And it was a company called Heenan's PR. You know, and it was like a really quite a corporate PR. Nothing like I went into. But I'll never forget forget them and how kind they were to me. You know, uh, from there then I worked in. Um, and a few other PR, another PR, few PR companies, and I just realised, you know, it just wasn't for me at all. You know, I just kind of went, this is just, I'm in the wrong side, you know. So at that point, I um, I was about a year working in PR. I worked for the Irish Heart Foundation and stuff like that as well. And then at that point, I decided, you know what, I want to work in telly. So I've, I'm a very determined person, you know. So at at that like. 
I realised that I had no qualifications for it and the only um, it was only RT at the time there was no TV3 I couldn't get in at all so I was like a bit stumped and I was like I, I don't know what I was going to do so I decided to go to London. You went to Sky, right? Yeah, I went to Sky. So, which is a hilarious story there. So I got a job as a runner on Sky, in Sky for nothing. Like, So I wasn't getting paid anything. But but I'm a strong believer in, you know, you get a week or two. And even, like, I'm not a big advocate for not paying people. Like, But, but if you get a week or two, you prove yourself. You know, no matter what level you're at, you know. Uh, and I was like cleaning out the slop in the coffee <laughs> machine and I was like, you know, fucking wiping the presenter's noses and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and then eventually, but it was a good, it was a, it's a really great way to get in and network. You know? And did you know where you wanted to go when you started? You- uh, I, I knew I wanted to get into production. Okay. You know, yeah. so I knew I wanted to get into production, but um, one day... Uh, there was a guy called Francis something or other. Anyway, he was the he was the weather presenter, you know, and I thought I was really privileged. He asked me would I like to audition for the weather, you know. So I thought I was going this. I was going to be the new weather <laughs> presenter, you know. I was like delighted with myself because no matter what you're doing in your career, if somebody taps you on the shoulder and offers you something amazing, you're going to go. Gotta Jesus, go for I'm going to take that, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I went for an audition for the weather and if you've ever seen how the weather works I don't know if you've ever been it's, it's a blue, I've, it's, I've never been into one but it's a blue screen right or green screen sorry behind you yeah which bamboozles me because I'd never know where to point <laughs> no, well it's you know what it is so it's a blue screen like this or it could be a green screen and they have monitors at both sides with, with the weather graphics you know it's, it's really hard so you have to stand there and you have to do this looking at the monitors so sure I made total balls so if you don't know your left and right you'd, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'd really be stumped so if you don't know your left and your right yeah you're exactly but um, but it's really hard I mean never underestimate like I thought it was going to be easy I thought I was going to be the next like fucking Anna Rice Annika Rice or whatever but I wasn't <laughs> I made a complete bags of it I was desperate and uh, and then I, I thought, thought nobody nobody would see you know so then I walked out of the room and the whole newsroom were looking at it in their internal screens you know so it's mortifying <laughs> a few awkward looks yeah, a few awkward well, they were all laughing you know because I was desperate but at that point I realised you know I mean I think you just got to realise you know that's not where my talents lie yeah. you know you know somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said would you like to give it a go I gave it a go and actually when I went to um TV3 they asked me to audition for the news and I was worse oh, okay. so, <laughs> so I was terrible you know um, it's just it's just not me and it's not my thing I'm, I'm not a um, I'm not a you know comfortable person on the stage yep. you either are or you aren't you know and, uh, and and I think a smart person cuts their losses you know early like yeah. for me I said I'm not going to keep trying this I'm no good at it I'm better at, at producing and that's what I did so I just I said my career in, in weather is gone <laughs> and and I went for the producing and actually and it was good I mean it was it was very challenging because when I went over I was only like what 22 maybe and you're going from Ireland to the UK you know I really wasn't that okay in the, the whole politics and everything at the time you know um, so you know, I was thrown onto shows like Sunrise, which is a breakfast show. Yep. And, you know, and you're dealing with like, you know, very strong political narratives and things like that. And you really don't want to be the stupid one. You know, yeah. I felt that was the one thing I didn't want to be the stupid one coming over. So, you know, you learn fast. You know, somebody smart, you learn, you adapt. And I think the key to any new situation, wherever it is, is adapting to it. 
yeah. you know, standing back, learning how they work and how they talk to each other and stuff like that and just trying to fit in rather than, you know, be the one who's annoying everybody, you know. And, and it's an easier way to kind of start getting more and better shifts and stuff like that. So I was working on Sunrise and I worked an awful lot of overnights, you know. Yeah. So we did a lot of overnights and um, and stuff like that. But I remember like, you know, you'd be dealing with the like Turkish ambassador and, you know, the security guards were coming in and I'm like, oh my God, you know, you'd be looking at it the next morning from home <laughs> going, please, did nothing happen? Yeah. You know, did he turn up? Yeah. You know, so. It's very uh, diverse. Very diverse. So I actually love, I've always liked current affairs and I love stories and human interest and stuff like that. So the, so from there, I was working there for two years uh, and I made loads of really good friendships because when you work obscure hours, like, you know, like, you know, when you work in kind oh, yeah. of unusual situations with <laughs> yeah. people. Socially awkward hours. Socially awkward. <laughs> the ones no one else yeah, will do. Pretty you much. Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you kind of work those unusual hours, you do you do build really good friendships, you know, like overnights when we were in Sky, you know, you would you would make great friends. But like I found I found it hard to try and make friends. So I used to get a lift home the next morning from one of the news editors and I kept falling asleep in her car. <laughs> I was like, I'm never going to make friends if I don't keep awake, you know. But from there anyway, um, so I was there two years and then while I was there, uh, TV3 was set up in, the, in Ireland. And... Um, and one of the news editors was Irish and he said it to me. So I went for an interview uh, for Ireland AM. They were setting up a breakfast show over there. And I had been working on Sunrise already, which is the um, the Sky News one. So I went over for an audition. Not audition. I went over for an interview. And yeah, I got the job. So I was delighted, you know. Um, so at that point, then I'd had enough of London because yeah, it's yeah. quite lonely and isolating, it's a big city. you know. It is. It's not quite Dublin. No, Dublin's and it's not Cork. I'm from Cork. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So from there, then I went and I moved back to Ireland, yeah. and I um, we started Ireland AM, which was like, and actually it was very interesting because it was a whole new landscape in Irish media. Because see, you guys probably won't even remember it, but back in the day, at this long time ago ancient um, <laughs> it like there was no it was only radio in the mornings people would listen to so we were coming you know with this TV show which was as I said was a whole new landscape and people were like oh, I don't know about that you know we like listening to the radio so you know on Ireland AM and Expose it, my goal was to change the landscape of you know of the media and how people uh, had their attitudes you know because you know, we had a massive task, like a lot of people, if they wanted, if they wanted news in the morning, they would listen to, they'd, if they yeah. wanted the telly, they'd look at, you know, this yeah. morning or one of those, or yeah. Sky News. So we had to try and change people's habits and try to get them to switch on the telly. So the, so the foundations were there and in effect you became the creativity behind the camera. Now that yeah. leads us on to our first photo. Mm which I'm uh, looking forward to hearing about this one. <laughs> well, uh, let me bring it up. So there's so many things to say about this photograph. So um, it was, this was just when, so what I had worked on, I'd been working on um, Ireland AM for eight years at this point. And then um, I moved to Expose. So this was, um, so this was kind of the first time we'd brought a new team together for Expose. And uh, this kind of says everything about Irish media, right? So 
It was the team, the the um, Kevin Hart and Adam Sandler and all those were coming over to Ireland for for a press event. You know the way they do those press junkets and stuff in I Ireland, do, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they they rang and they said, not them, but their PR rang and said, um, would you be interested in doing something with them? And we were like, we'd love to do something with them. Like, what? And... Um, so we decided, and you'll understand now like this, so we all put our heads together and said, what would we do? Teach them hurling. Oh, okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we did was we brought them out to the, the patio on uh, in Ireland AM. How did that go? It was a bit of a disaster, as you can imagine. I mean, we had a bit of crack. I mean, it, it was a really good kind of bonding, you yeah, know, yeah, as yeah. always. But, you know, but it's... Like even the photograph shows it like there's, you know, hurlers, there's Hollywood stars, you know, there's the camera woman, you know, we're all... There's some mismatch of people right there. (laughs) Everybody is like just crammed in together, you know. But I mean, I think that's kind of what I always loved about, uh, you know, working on Ireland AM and and Expose was that level of kind of mania that comes with it. But There's never a dull moment. But no, but also the level of normality that goes with that. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, that to me, as I said, that was just a good junction between Ireland AM and Expose and the fact that the lads were out, these Hollywood stars were out in the patio with two Kilkenny hurlers um, <laughs> learning you how see to hurl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and there was a bit of politics going on behind it as you can imagine, you know, logistics and who was going to be there. But when it came to the photo, we all just crammed in. And that to me is really important that everyone is on the same level. Yeah. You know, that's really important. Like, you know, you can't... Everyone has a very interesting and important role to play to make these things happen, become a reality. Well, exactly, you know. Um, and, you know, somebody who's just in the door and maybe has, you know, been on placement might have a better insight than somebody who's been there 20 years, is my attitude, because they have a more modern attitude and, you know, they know media, new media more. So yeah. their opinion is just as important. And and actually, in these situations, maybe more important. Yeah. Because you're like... What are we going to do with these? You and know and do you find that people these days are kind of a jack of all trades when they come in as well? They to a point, them. but but I do think you have to you have to specialize in yeah. something like you really like. And and I never underestimate like new media in terms of like Instagram, like somebody coming. Like we would always in Virgin Media have worked with DCU graduates, so DCU journalism graduates would always come in. And actually, I've worked alongside so many DCU graduates that came in on placement and then became series producers you know uh, because um, well they got a lot of mentoring from the team and they got a lot of support and they they're just a talent you know Um, and I would always see uh, like students coming up like that a, a massive talent you know because as I said they have a different insight to I would have in any day and that's really and and I would never be worried about anyone challenging you you know yeah you have to it's got to be that. an open and transparent background. Yeah, you can always have a good business. Exactly, but but so this was um, you. Know, so this is a good point. So at this point, as I said, there's a lot of like there was Glenda and Karen I worked with, and um, you know I've worked like on Ireland AM and Expose. I've worked on a lot with a lot of the same people, like a lot of the production team who worked with me on Ireland AM, then moved over to Expose as well. You know, um, and from a producer, I mean, if you are a producer, you should be able to do. Whatever you do, you so, know. So, for all those people who uh, who are at home listening, what does a producer do? Well, a, a producer like tells a story. Like a producer can seize a story 
and tells it, you know, whether it's through somebody else or through video or or which are our script or whatever. So uh, like mainly uh, uh, what a producer does is identifies a really good story and or a good idea or whatever, but then, you know, brings the tools together to make that happen. You know, um, we, we always say the producer never gets the credit, but always gets the blame. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> but that's OK. You know what I mean? That's that's part of what you do. You're not in it. To get the like, to get a pat on the back, if if that's what you're looking for, you're in the wrong job. You know, most producers I know do it for the satisfaction of telling a great story. You know, and and that is really important. Like like working on daytime daily daytime shows like Ireland AM or Expose or the Six O'clock Show, they can be quite hard because they're like a treadmill. Because every day you have you have a show and you might have twelve items, like twelve different small stories in it. Um, and then it's done and you're starting from scratch again. So you have a you have a brand new blank palette in front of you every single day, you know. So it's a challenge, but you have to be quite motivated and um, and see that as a, as a challenge, you know. So usually I would uh, bring in a few photos, but you've got that many fascinating photos. We, we kind of want to see them all. So what's your next photo? So, I mean... I have a few here of Ireland Dame and they like just capture the mania behind what it was because like as I said this was 20 years ago and you know as I said you're learning on the job I I, I didn't do like you guys you know uh, you know radio and television and stuff like that um so I was learning on the job literally so when we started Ireland AM I think it was two hours long um, so there was two of us working on it and we'd be there all day and all night you know trying to get somebody to do the papers and stuff <laughs> it was mad so there was a series producer over me at the time uh, and after a year the series producer left okay um, so I was kind of second to him so now I was in a position I think I was 26 you know and it was like sink or swim literally and I so I you know obviously I took the challenge so I mean there's been loads of junctions in my life and and, and this is for everybody you know like you come to a, a kind of a crossroads and you're like what do I do but you know do I take it or not but you just have to do it you know what I mean you really just have to do it so I'll never forget one of the toughest mornings for me was um, it was Ireland AM Live so I, like so what it is is it's like You've seen it on telly and stuff like the morning show and things where there's a kind of a control room, you know, and there's loads of people. So that control room is what, you know, makes or breaks the show. So uh, my boss said, that's it, you're in tomorrow morning doing the Ireland AM. And I'm like, but I've never done this before. And they're like, doesn't matter, you're doing it. So I was petrified. So, you know, you went in, you know, you have a headset on, you're speaking to the presenters and stuff like that. And, and are, uh, you, are you telling what camera angle to go for as well? At that no, point? that's okay. the director. So there's like um, a PA who does kind of counting down times. There's a, a technical director who does the cameras. But... It's the producer who's the one kind of leading the whole thing, yeah, you know. Yeah. So if you go, I want this, I want this, and you make a bags of it, it's your decision. But this is another lesson I learned. You you make the decision and you let you live or die by that decision. But you make the decision, you know, no matter what. The worst producer in the world is somebody who can't make a decision. And then everybody as the presenters are like, what am I doing? What am I doing? You know, <laughs> and everyone is waiting and then there's no television show. So, yeah, I just went in. I did. I was petrified. Um... And I did it and it was fine. And 
And at any point in my life like that, you know, something really horrific you're feeling, you know, you do it and you always feel better afterwards. But but it was really important for me because I was quite young and I, I hadn't been trained in it. So you're learning on the job. So, you know, I think learning on the job is really important. And just to be clear, everybody relies on you from presenters to the runners yeah. to the cameramen and women yeah. uh, the people in the control room everybody there's, a, there's nowhere to hide <laughs> nowhere to hide and 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 worse still is is the presenters because because you are talking in their ear and and if something happens you know and it does all the time like a guest will get up and walk off oh wow okay. they're waiting <laughs> for you to you're saying yeah. go to a break or move on or whatever and you see that you know throughout your whole career that that making a decision is key to success, you know, and being able to say I made the wrong decision. I have no problem saying, oh, God, that was a disaster. I should never have done that. And some of the best lessons you learn in life are the mistakes you've made. Yes, that's exactly it. You know, you make mistakes um, like like some shows, like, for example, if a researcher has given the wrong information to presenter and they're saying... Uh, has that happened? <laughs> many times. And, and, and you know what? I, when I watch other shows now, I see it like like a presenter will go on air and say, so you've got five children. And they'll go, no, I have no children. And you go, that poor researcher is going to get killed. You know what I mean? But the point is that, you know, you just, you know, it's accuracy, attention to detail and making a decision is key. And it's it's been key for me you know, f- from show to show and also, you know, as I said, not blaming anyone else. What is your third photo? So I was um, nominated for uh, Image Business Woman of the Year. It was in the creative category, you know, and I go, uh, I've been many years in a row and, you know, I always get inspired by various women, you know what I mean? Uh, um, and so I was really proud when I won the creative category, in particular with the other calibre of women. Like, um, and also the fact that it was appointed by another woman, you know, so women are supporting women is really, was really great. Um, so it was just, you know, for me, it was uh, it was kind of an, an acknowledgement of of kind of how far I'd come from you know leaving university and and the fact that um and I think it was just an acknowledgement of you know kind of changing the landscape of the TV on Ireland AM and expose it because both were really hard you know both were were not easy and I sound found myself like um you know anxious on both sides because like you know I'll never forget when we were launching uh, Expose um, and you know I'd left Ireland AM and my boss had said no actually I was still in Ireland AM and my boss said we want you to move and I said no and he said we'll rephrase that you're moving (laughs) and I said okay but it was very risky because I was in a job I liked current affairs I love storytelling and I was going to showbiz and I'm not mad about entertainment news and stuff like that so but 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 as a producer, you have to be you have to be versatile and you just have to go with it. So it was very risky. It was kind of like a brand new kind of e news, fast paced TV show, uh, and Irish viewers are quite um, they're quite set in their ways. Yeah, how was how was the the perception of that when that first came out with viewers? Well, I'll never forget my whole life standing sitting in a room when we were um, we were so we were sitting in this room and we were waiting, you know, for it to air. And I thought I was going to die. You know, we were all <laughs> sitting there, all the, the bosses and stuff like that. Um, 
Uh, and it was really hard, you know, uh, because as I said, it was a snappier pace and we had, a, you know, we were trying to create something new. But it, it was good, you know, it was good. People liked it. It was fresh and new, but it could have gone either way. Um, but what I find, whichever landscape it is, Ireland Dame Expose, it takes time because Irish viewers, we don't particularly like something new. But if it sticks around long enough, you'll say, well, that's not going away. So yeah. I, I'm going to watch it and then they get to like it. So it takes a bit of time. But it was good. You know, it was better than I had thought. And I was nervous because it was like five presenters going out, shooting their own stuff. You know, the original brief was to have their own cameras and stuff like that. Now, now it always looks so effortless when you do stuff like expose, but yeah. but really, it's, it's it's a mad hectic rush behind the behind yeah. trying to get all that sorted, edited. Yeah, and like I always say, the the kind of slicker it looks, the less look it is slick it is behind the scenes, yeah. you know. But it, 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 the key was to upskill everybody. And yeah. that was important. Like the girls were, you know, the presenters were brought on. They all edited it and they all did everything. I really thought about them shooting themselves. So they didn't shoot themselves because that would have been ridiculous, you know. Um, but but for me, this was it was like a really hard time. And it was a really, you know, I knew we were going to have to change people's attitudes and stuff like that to to kind of TV so so I was delighted with the the award that kind of reflected that. But you got to remember as well, there was no like digital wasn't a thing at the time. There was no Pippa and there was no, you know, there was no kind of uh, Susumi or, you know, there was no <laughs> online anything. So we had no competition. So we were like what everybody would go to. But then over, you know, within a few years, the economy fell apart, you know. Uh, so we had to kind of change how everything worked. And then all the influencers came on board so so we had to work really hard to keep it relevant that you landscape's know? forever changing it's forever changing exactly and that's the challenge you know of of content you know whether it's TV, radio or digital you have to you have to keep evolving and trying to be relevant because if you lose your relevance you lose everything you know um, but, but as I said so it was like the award was really important for me you know um, and as I said, an acknowledgement of, of both those kind of big journeys for me. Uh, and like, they were hard, you know, they take an impact on your personal life as well. Like when I worked on Ireland AM, you know, I had a boyfriend, but I didn't have a family. And then I went to Ireland AM and I had a family and I had quite tra- traumatic births, you know. So I had like other stuff going on. So, you know, <laughs> they're all in, it wasn't the easiest time for me, you know what I mean? I can imagine. I can imagine. And your your producing work took you to to many different places, and you've met many different people as well. Yes. And uh, a photo you brought in, you've just shown me of Megan Rapinoe. <gasps> yeah. Which I think we definitely have to talk about that one. Okay. So since uh, so over the last year, I went out on my own, set up my own uh, Seahorse Media company. So you know, with I I do. So what what I've been doing over the last year is like a documentary with RT One. A great documentary, um, and and I was lucky with the documentary. the The journey led me to meet uh, Megan Rapino on the red carpet of the Glamour Women of the Year Awards, and um, that photo was funny because I was trying to get a sneaky photo of her in the background, <laughs> kind of a selfie, thinking that she wouldn't see, but she saw. She copped on and she stuck her fingers up, but we didn't get that on. <laughs> we didn't get that, but 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 what I've always thought is like being on the red carpet, you get to meet some of the most amazing people like like she is fabulous like I met her and 
and the female soccer team. And they were just incredible, you know. Uh, incredible ambassadors, I think, as a whole, for women in sport and beyond. Yeah. And she, like, she is totally inspirational. You know, she's, you know, she has just made some impact and she's fabulous, you know. And I was lucky to meet her and I met loads of really brilliant people. Uh, uh, we met uh, Jane Fonda as well. So she was, um, she was accepting an award on, um, to do with climate change and stuff. So she was interesting. She's, some of them are interesting. That's all I'm going to say. I can, I, I can imagine. I <laughs> some of them are imagine. very interesting, you know. Um <laughs> And some of them then, you know, the least the least expected person you'll meet and they're just fascinating, you know. So I was lucky. So what, my journey there was um, I um, had met Samantha Barry. So she's another Cork woman. She um, was working in CNN and she went over to... Um, to work for Glamour magazine in the in it's part of the Condé Nast US group, and so I thought, what a really interesting uh, documentary it would make, like the uh, the path to the Women of the Year awards through her eyes, and in the process we see how Condé Nast has gone from kind of print to digital. So, uh, and to me, I'm very interested in that because digital is a space that I'm moving into because that's where it's happening, you know, and. Uh, so I was lucky enough to kind of follow her journey and see it. And on the way, I met Megan Rapine and Jane Fonda and all those. As you do. As you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but that was interesting as well for me because, um, you know, we spent two weeks in this organisation. You know, it's weird. It's like stepping, you know, into somebody else's work environment for two weeks, and but not actually been part of it. It's very interesting. And, and I learned an awful lot because I learned... I learned how like a really big organisation like that and their attitude to programming and digital uh, and content and the future of content and where that's going. Uh, and it's all video. And for me, like I was learning a lot along the way, you know. Um, uh, and also, I mean, you know, it was my first time working in R- with RTE um, and that was a whole learning process because I've spent 19 years in Virgin Media. You know, it felt just a little bit different, but good. So I think it's just about being able to adapt to your environment, whatever it is, you know. It's about adapting. And I I don't know if as a nation we're adapting fast enough. And for me, it was great to see how how the states are doing it. You know, now they have a lot of money, you know what I mean? And I was conscious of that as well. But but you can take ideas. So, I've you know, I've learned a lot from over there that you can kind of... You can get an idea exactly. from anywhere, no matter exactly. the capacity for how many people you have behind. If, if you've got that idea, there's always a way to form it. Well, exactly. You know, uh, and I think that I think the, the importance is just taking the opportunity as well throughout my career. You know, you just, you know, you get an opportunity. You know, sometimes they, you know, they come in front of you and you take it. Yeah. And sometimes they don't. And you just have to make it happen yourself. You know, and just keep going. So Debbie, we're on to our final photo now. Please share. Well, you know what? I've picked this photo because it just, you know, it was another kind of point in in my life <laughs> that was, you know, made a mark on me for good and bad. <laughs> you know, like, you know, with every glossy nice photo there's a massive story behind it you know and this one is so it was coming towards the end of me working on Expose so we were doing these Expose awards we decided you know what it was time to kind of mark the industry with awards because you know it's a big brand big show so we had kind of lifestyle awards um, 
And it was very challenging for us because what we were doing was we were creating awards together with like the commercial team, but we were also creating a TV show. So we were creating two things at the same time. And I learned an awful lot of lessons from there. <laughs> you want to make it easy for yourself. No, no, I've never made it easy for myself. The lesson here is you can't do both. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so we were creating these awards and, you know, to reflect the show, they had to be the, the best standard possible. So they're on in the mansion house and, you know, we were, we had like, you know, actress, actor, influencer. Then we had kind of, uh, uh, Brezzy was accepted award for um, his charity as well um, for being an amazing campaigner and stuff, you know. So we decided uh, that we would bring a celebrity over. We said we had to bring somebody over who was, you know, important at the time. So, and it was a beauty brand was sponsoring us. So we thought that it was important to bring somebody who would kind of, represent them so we decided so I wrote a letter to Caitlyn Jenner okay so I, I we managed to write a letter about you know how you know how progressive our country is and you know we'd love her to come over now this was a f- few years ago and and um, come over and tell her story you know and anyway she decided she'd come over so we couldn't believe it you know so um our thing is we were trying to keep it a secret. Yeah. Right. We want it because and the main reason to keep it a secret is in my experience, people cancel all the time, you know. So we didn't want to tell anyone until she was here because we were afraid she was going to cancel. So one of the guys on my team had to check herself in and Sophia, her partner, the whole way along. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he was at home like and he was checking her in at each place, you know. So we got her here anyway. We got her here and we got and nobody found out about it, you know, so that and and it, and she was very relevant and important at the time and still is, you know, but um, because like her story was just was needed to be told. So so that was great. And she was a pleasure, you know, and she was really fabulous. And and it was a big deal for us because, as I said, we ma- we managed to keep it a secret. But um, but in saying that the whole night, like it, it was a really big learning curve because, as I said, we were trying to run an event uh, which was massive. So uh, we were working, as I said, with a benefit at the time, and they were launching a new. Um, uh, they were a new product. So an astronaut came down from the ceiling. You know what I mean? And I'll never forget my my boss at the time ringing me saying, "There's no risk involved in this, is there, Debbie?" And I was like, "Nothing at all." Looking at the astronaut coming down, Just dangling from the ceiling. by his feet. Literally, there was so much could have gone wrong. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm." dead if, if something happens but the astronaut landed down lived, didn't lived land at anyone Caitlin arrived <laughs> in one place but but so when when the events were were done then we had to turn around and we had to produce an hour TV show uh, which was really hard you know you, I, I, and that was a really learning curve for me because you just can't do both at the same time I realized because it actually almost broke me you know <laughs> but in saying that I, I and that's why for me like the Women of the Year Awards as well, which the ones with the Irish, uh, the glamour ones I went to, were kind of an example of how to do it right. (laughs) (laughs) But it was good. It was an important point because I was proud of it. It was a really great event and it was great to be able to kind of uh, give awards to some really important people in Irish society as well. You know what I mean? But um, just do it do differently the next time I think you know oh, well the, the one thing I've learned from this is your ability to adapt <laughs> to any scenario mm. that's been thrown at you and I think you're right I think that's the key to everything 
being able to adapt because not everybody can, you know, you know, like a lot of people just can't adapt at so, all. So accepting being able to adapt. And if, if yeah. you're wrong, just being able to accept that, use that as a useful information and then move on. I, exactly. And I think I think having people around you who can tell you that. I think the key is not being like a dictator. I think the key is to have people around you that will give you the right advice and, are, and, and will say no to you and will be able to say, you know what, that's actually not good at all. You know, like I had a few people after that say, you know what, <laughs> maybe not, you know, but that's really important. You might not like it at the time, but I think the key to any like career is, and building anything like I would consider like this content building, you know, building shows and building awards is is being part of a team. You know, I think I think that's absolutely key because there's so many different elements to get right, you know. Yeah, well, it's been a fantastic insight and uh, into just television in general, but also producing. And we wish you all the best for the future with Seahorse Media. And thank you very much for coming on today's podcast. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks a million. A huge thank you to Debbie. And most importantly, a massive thank you to you listeners. As ever, all the photos will be up on our social media pages at Life in a Bubble podcast. Next time we have film director, writer and producer Stephen Bradley on the podcast. So until then... Take care, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Life in a Bubble is produced by myself and Amma Adu. Marco Dwyer and Katie Hackett of the show's researchers, Michaela Maloney, Nicola Fitzsimons, Josh Balf, Anisha Cheyenne Rice, and myself of the show's editors. And the show's sound technicians are Nicola Fitzsimons and Anisha Cheyenne Rice. Once again, thank you very much for listening. Take care. See you next time.